This is Analog Spectrum. Get off my lawn, you little bastards. I'm going to call your mother. This is Analog Spectrum. Hope everybody's doing good today. This is Tony. I'm here with Doug. And we are going to talk another... We, we were going to talk it last episode, but we're going to do it this episode. And actually, I'm kind of happy to do that because uh, I feel a little bit warmed up and, and a little bit warmed more chatty. Up. Warmed up. And I got my dogs with me. I got uh, Susie and Einstein back there. They'll probably act Einstein. like assholes here a little bit later. <laughs> That's why I put the mic in. God, what a mess that guy is. Uh, so we're going to talk uh, Coast Guard stuff. We had Heath on a while ago. He uh, he talked about his Coast Guard story. But Doug and I, last uh, our last uh, Coast Guard episode, we talked about our Key West experience. We do need mm -hmm. to digress a little bit because Doug was on a 110. I want to hear a little bit of stories about that stuff because he said there were some things that happened that I think might be interesting to our listener. Listener. One listener. Uh, one that listener, guy. Yeah. Our, our lady. Uh, I don't know how you identify. And uh, and then we're going to jump forward uh, post-Key West. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we may we may make this a two-parter. I think we had a lot to say. I know I have some stuff to say. Or we may just uh, get about halfway through, so see where it goes. Who the hell knows? We may also digress into some other shit. Never. Uh, this, may not be, this may not be a Coast Guard episode at all. Who the <laughs> fuck knows, bro? Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, so anyway – Coast Guard episode. Uh, we have we have an addendum. Tell me about the one ten, bro. Um, remind me. I was on a one ten. Shut the fuck up. No, so, I'm you, not kidding you. What? Where did this uh, come you from? You were in San Pedro before you went to Key West. Remember we started talking oh, about Key West. That was a God, that was a ninety five. That wasn't a one ten. It was a ninety five. Sorry. It was a ninety. You were on a ninety five. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like a you're yeah. like a point. That was like the point ships. Was a point. Something? Yeah. Point Camden. Yeah. Holy shit, bro. Mm. Okay. I'm like 110. What 110? Yeah, anyway. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so, at, first, <laughs> at first, I was like, you know, because it's like you had gotten kicked in the head by a mule or something. Because, I, because yeah. Yeah, no, anyway, no, no. Were, I'm thinking like, uh, did I go TAD on a 110 somewhere? What? I can't remember. Mm, anyway. Like, no, yeah. Could so have point, happened. Yeah, Point Camden in San Pedro. Um, gosh, I don't even remember years? the years of that. That was, where the hell did that fit in? I think that was after – yeah, that was after Hawaii before Key West. Right. Yes, it was. Yep. Um, yeah, so San Pedro, uh, Point Camden, it was uh, – I was a second-class cook. I was the only cook on the ship. Uh, I think there was like seven or eight people on the mm -hmm. ship, maybe something like that. Uh, we'd typically go out for a week at a time, yeah, six days. Uh, did a lot of search and rescue stuff around L.A. Harbor. Um <laughs> I met the ship. Oh gosh, I was coming out of Hawaii, and uh, you know when they send you, they send you. They, there's, I guess there's coordination, but they don't. The ship doesn't wait for you, of course. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I get to San Pedro, and uh, they tell me, "Oh yeah, the ship's underway. You're gonna have to meet them down in San Diego." So they, I pack up my crap and they buy me a ticket, and I fly into San Diego and take a cab, meet the ship uh, down at the pier, and uh, I just remember. I'm, I'm, I'm walking on board, you know, checking in all my stuff and the XO greets me, you know, and whatever grabs my orders and, and I start to check in and he says, Hey, listen, get your stuff and get on board quick. Cause we're getting underway. I'm like, Oh man, I haven't had a chance to like do anything, you know? And he's like, there's a hurricane coming. <laughs> we, so we're going to get underway and, and 
you know, so we don't get caught in port with the hurricane. So for those mm-hmm. who don't know, ships are much safer at sea than they are sitting at the dock and, you know, they get bashed up against the piers uh, during high winds and heavy seas. So they're safer out, out to sea. So anyway, off I go on this 95. My first 10 minutes I'm there, I start blowing the whistle for, for getting underway. And uh, off we go. And holy crap, man, I got seasick like you cannot believe. And that thing bobbed around like a cork in a hurricane, man. It was, it was, oof, it was rough. And um, we went up, we went up the coast to the Channel Islands and we were trying to take refuge from like the leeward side of one of the islands. Um, and God dang it, man, that was not good. The, the birthing compartment on 95 is, is just in front of the galley. And in the middle of the room is a hatch, and that hatch leads to the sewage tank. Oh, God. And, uh, <laughs> and so as the ship's hit, uh, heaving and pitching and stuff, I, I don't know if something went wrong or if it just wasn't sealed well, but that that shit smell, was sewage smell, was <laughs> filling the birthing area. <laughs> I was like, I was, it was rough, dude. It was very, very rough. Uh, I was hugging the toilet for a couple of days. I made a good friend on there, though, the quartermaster, because he filled in for me. And he was making lunch. That dude, you know, I swear to God, you could flip that boat upside down six times and, and run it out to space, and he wouldn't get seasick. Man, this guy never got queasy. So good for him, but he filled in for me and made, made lunch a couple of times. We ended up being buddies because of that. Yeah, and I will tell you the uh, as far as like the sewage smell, uh, I did like a couple t you know TADs on older ships. Like uh, I did a TAD on a, and, and this make this matter of fact, it might come up in the next uh, when we're talking about post Key West that uh, that this boat had had been built like in 1938. It was a Navy boat, and, mm-hmm. and uh, man, that the sewage system on that boat was always acting up and. You would go into the the shower, you know, the the the, the head, and where the showers were, and there was always like, you know, you know, like about you know a quarter inch of like gray water that was like this nasty sloshing around and shit. Just oh god, and it was just like it was, yeah. They give you they give you shower shoes in boot camp, and they're like, oh, it's yeah. to keep you from getting athlete's foot. No, it's yeah. to keep you from having to like wipe the shit out from underneath your toenails. Can I, okay, can I it was. I, people, I, I would just rather get. Yeah, I, I like like a nice like platform shower shoe that had like a good two. Yeah. It was the nastiest shit ever. And, and even like the you know all those boats had some sort of like you know if we can if we can keep the crew out of their own shit like eighty percent of the time that's a win. We're doing great. You know? Yeah, we're, we're doing, doing great. Really you know, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but damn, you know, we're talking about the the black holes previously. You know, they had the same stuff on there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's, it was Disgusting. difficult, but yeah. But anyway, yeah, that was an interesting tour of duty for me. I, that's That was a really developmental kind of a place for me in terms of like I learned a lot about leadership and, and mostly right. from the guys that were in charge of me. Um, I learned a lot of good stuff, what to do, and I definitely learned a lot of shit not to do. Um, our CO was uh, – god dang, man. He was a JO. He was a lieutenant JG, and he was so freaking immature, man. We almost got into a fist fight once. Um yeah, Do you don't tell. want to get into a fist fight with your CO. Um, no, yeah, no. I imagine news. you. I'm glad I can tell that you didn't, because we I didn't, met. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. So you weren't. Yeah. I've never been in the brig. So, but right. uh, no, it was over. It's over a meal or something. So, something happened, and um, mm. 
he called me into the into his office and was yelling and screaming at me and uh, I don't fuck I don't even barely remember what it was about but I just remember I was sitting in the chair and and I could feel my my fist was tensing up and like because see he literally he stood up and he was kicking his desk and stuff and I'm what? thinking to myself like yeah yeah. It's a massive overreaction to something. So, you know, is this guy going to come jump on me or something? Um, but anyway, uh, it never happened. So, but I was getting ready. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I can't remember exactly. It was, it was something about, I didn't, I didn't make lunch. It was, it was a challenge on that ship because I did everything in the galley. So I had to go, uh, when we went to, to, to get food, I would go to the grocery store, just your regular old grocery store, and I would buy three baskets full of, of groceries. So I'd walk the aisles and fill up a basket and I'd bring it up to one of the cashiers. And of course, they knew me at the time. Um, so I'd park it and then go get another one, another one. And, you know, I'd spend $1,200 at the grocery store uh, and lug all this shit back in the, in the government van. And then all the guys would come and help and and, uh, and unload it. And I, I think if I remember right, what the, what the problem was is um, I would always tell these guys, like, I would buy them snacks, you know, when right. I went to the grocery store, because as soon as they're unloading all the stores, they are just digging in, eating shit, of course. Um, so I'd buy them snacks and I would just tell them, like, here's your snacks. But these guys ravaged stuff, man. They like ate all the lunch meat, and it's typical, you know, just like they just went through it. And I was it's pissed. Like a so I didn't, or something. Yeah, yeah. And so I didn't make lunch. I think is is what happened. I was pissed at those guys for for that. And uh, so the skipper flew, flew off the handle. Uh, but I mean, yeah. Anyway, he's just, he's the same guy, Tony, that we would be underway, and he'd be up on the bridge. We've been a law enforcement. Detail, you know, a detail somewhere. We're just looking for bad guys, and he's up mm -hmm. on the bridge wing, and he's like, "Hey, what if this button was a teleport button, and you could push it, and it would go, and you would just teleport to where you wanted to be?" And uh, like the quartermasters and the seamen that's driving them, he's like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's just zero. Yeah, I had no respect. For that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I if I? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Skipper. Great, but um, uh, I again, did know learn... your know your audience. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I learned uh, that our engineer, our lead engineer, was a great guy, man, and he, he taught me a lot. He's the one who told me the. I'm sure he got it from somewhere else, but he's, he's the one who told me like, give them enough rope, they'll hang themselves. You know, so when you get problem people, just let them keep being a problem. They're eventually going to do something so stupid that, you know, they're going to write their own ticket out. So, and he was right. He's, he's mm -hmm. yeah, he's, he was pretty good. But uh, anyway, yeah, so we did a lot of cool stuff on that boat. We, uh, we went out on the search and rescue call for John Denver when his plane went down. Wow. Uh, we didn't find him. Uh, one of the other, one of the ships did. Um, we saw a plane crash. Uh, zoomed over to the plane crash and the freaking harbor patrol beat us to it. Uh, so all we had, <laughs> all we got to do was sit there and like be on guard duty while the sheriffs removed the bodies and did all the shit that they were doing. So we, it was boring for us, but it was cool, cool seeing a plane crash live. I mean, cool, mm -hmm. cool is the wrong word. Interesting, exciting. Mm -hmm. um, that was good. We did the harbor blockade during Desert Storm. So they, they blockaded L.A. Harbor and no ships were allowed to come in and out without going through the Coast Guard. And we were one of the ships and we just boarding after boarding after boarding, which that was fun because I got to drive the small boat. And um, I was man zipping all over L.A. Harbor, 
you know, we had two boarding teams running and I go drop these guys off here and go pick up those guys there and bring them to another boat and drop those guys off, and, you know, back and forth. And so that was fun. It was a lot of small boat ops. And that was, that was a ton of fun. How many, how many uh, people want a 95? <clears throat> I want to say like eight, eight or 10, something like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't many. You said the XO was a BM1? BM1, yep, XO was a BM1. Uh, The MKC was the the lead engineer. We had a QM1, and the guy that I became friends with was Bruce Dickinson, Uh, Mm -hmm. not the same Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. Um, But that was a cool guy, man. That would have been awesome, though, if it was. As a matter of fact, that's the other thing. We got a a J.O. right after him, after he left. The coolest dude ever, man. He He was a Mustang. So it's like 180 degrees that ship turned around, uh, yeah. kicking ass, doing good stuff, you know, going out doing LE patrols and SAR patrols. And, you know, he didn't get into anybody's shit that didn't need to be gotten into, you know, just let you do your thing. And it was, that was really good once he got there. Yeah. And so then after that, yeah. off to Key West. After that, off to Key West. Yeah. So yeah. we're, so four years, we're hanging out, doing CDAR stuff, freaking watching the world yeah. go crazy. Uh, talking yep. to Louie about banging chickens, which was weird. Yeah. Uh, and yep. then hanging and then out with Dave and all, all those, those crazy guys. bastards. Yeah. There's probably other Key West stories that will probably swing back around. And it's funny because you mentioned uh, like yelling, yelling, getting uh, your, your uh, CEO yelling at you. That's probably one story I didn't tell. Didn't really think about it. But when I was at Key West, one time I had a, a non-rate working for me. I remember like one time I like laid into him. I feel guilty about it now, but he was he was a shit bag. But yelling at people never yeah. solves a problem. You know what I mean? Getting you know yelling mm. at somebody is. It's just a way to freaking build walls, you know, really. But uh, yeah. but I was I was in my twenties, and so I, I you mentioned I was yeah, like, that's how you learn, though, right? I mean, yeah, right, right. And uh, and and I regret it, you know what I mean? Because he was he was a funny guy, you know. So, but he was he was a, he was well, a, a, he was a lazy lazy guy, but funny. So. Well, there's a story that I tell that um, that I still tell to this day, and it was about how I learned that you can't make people do things that they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Like somebody doesn't want to do something, you can't make them do it, right? They, right. They'll just they just won't do it, whatever. So uh, I was 20 years old, maybe even 19. Uh, I was on the Ventures, and uh, <clears throat> I was in charge of the, the scullery guys, you know, and the mess cooks and all that stuff. Right. And I burned the living crap out of this pan on purpose because I didn't like the dude that was working in the scullery. And um, mm-hmm. I threw it at him. I said, here, clean this, asshole. And he threw it over the side. And he's like, okay, I'm done. I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you win on that one. That's for sure. <laughs> so I had to ponder that one for a while. The lesson that was buried in there. I, I got uh, to tell you, like, like uh, because of the world I live in right now, that, that is probably like at least once a week. You know, I'll use the term. You know, is this a hill you want to die on? Is this a sword you want yeah. to fall on? Yeah. Immovable object, unstoppable force, <clears throat> these kinds of things, because. Because this is not, it's not how you get business done. You know, it's not how you get, you know, yeah, and, no. uh, totally and, uh, and let that whole, the story you just told, it's, it's like, uh, you know, you, you were good as, you were good to say, all right, you win. Cause it shit just escalates. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, yeah. It yeah. Just does. Well, so. yeah. Cause I mean, I, I realized quickly, like not only did he win now I'm, I, I'm one short a roasting pan now. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Yeah. So, so anyways, yeah. But, I mean, well, like, that's the stuff that old guys like you and I know that that young people still got to learn. Yeah, and and enough rope to hang yourself too, because because there's definitely yeah. because because you know I can't really get into it too much, but there are definitely situations I, I'm in now where I'm kind of like, 
yeah, we'll just wait, you know, and, and yeah. when the opportunity presents itself, well, this, this will be over, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Cause forcing the issue a lot of times is, it just makes it worse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you end up exposing either yourself or your, your organization to some, right. yeah. some things you, that you don't want to expose them to. <laughs> well, even like, uh, like, you know, and on that point, you know, and, and probably get back around to this, like I, when I went to Virginia, that was with my first wife. That that's the kind of shit that defined our relationship. You know, it was like unhealthy tit for tat with a lot of it. Wow. And uh, like, yeah. We, yeah, but and you mentioned your first wife, you know, being married to Shelly, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you know, so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of jump around here a little bit. I will tell you, and, and Doug and I have talked about this before. This is kind of a period where you and I didn't communicate a whole lot because you you had you had married mm-hmm. your second wife or you you had you were about to get married and you'd left you had left Key West and I had married mm-hmm. my first wife and I and you and you you went to uh West Coast. You were you went into recruiting. I went to recruiting. Yep. Yep. And then I uh I went to back to Virginia where the Harry but I was I, I didn't go to uh uh to Portsmouth, I went to to Yorktown to the Reserve Training Center there, right. Res, Reserve Training Tracen. And uh and I don't know. We'll, we'll jump around here a little bit because I I could just sit, sit here and start babbling about it. And, and this is kind of actually a little bit of a, a pivot away from Coast Guard stories. You know, hopefully this will be interesting. But but I kind of had two lives up there because you know I was married to my first wife, and uh, and you had mentioned earlier or last one of the previous episodes about how being married to Shelley was like chaos. You know, and that really resonated mm-hmm. with me because uh, because you know I had my home life with my wife, and that was like a you know, if that was that, that never solidified, that relationship never became like, you know, well, what, what had happened was I had met her in Key West and, uh, and we had, and I thought we had a really strong relationship. We were, we were, you know, I think I mm-hmm. th- thought we were really, you know, we were really kind of meant for each other and <laughs> taking it a few levels back, you know, I was, you know, I was an 18, 19, 20 year old, typical 18, 19, 20 year old, you know, uh, that, you know, relationships didn't come easy. All the power women held, held all the power. So when you ended up in a relationship, you know, I had an early relationship, broke up, broke my heart, had a couple other ones, realized that I would survive. Finally was it with her kind of felt like, Hey, this is something good. I should try to make this work. Mm -hmm. She ended up getting orders to a Loran station. And I think there was some other stuff that happened, but she went up to Loran station as kind of one person. And if she listens, listens to this, you know, hopefully I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. It's just what I noticed. She came back, she was kind of a different person, but we'd kind of committed Mm -hmm. to ourselves. And I, and we ended up, you know, getting married, you know, it's a very long story, but we got married. She gets orders. She had gotten orders to Virginia and I was still in Key West. And so so we were apart for about a year. And so we were married, right? We were married and had a, and we were in a marriage that never should have fucking happened, right? Never should have right. gotten married. It was a mistake, okay? Now, again, mm-hmm. we talked about this before, too. I'm married to my current wife now, super happy. So I guess in the big scheme of things, it all worked out. But mm-hmm. so so I finally got orders, went to Virginia. Uh, we had bought a house together. And it was just fucking chaos man i mean like mm-hmm. we, you know we we never had you know it was it was almost like i lived in a and now what we, we didn't have a house full of shit but it was like a hoarder house right you know, mm-hmm. you know we had like a bed you know you know maybe a closet with some hangers clothes our kitchen was kind of a shit a shit storm now again we weren't i mean i wasn't you know it, it wasn't filthy it was just like mm-hmm. you, you didn't Messy. come in the house and you yeah you'd be like does anybody even live here kind of house, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, there's no furniture downstairs. Now when all that was going on, you know, I was also working at, uh, 
at Yorktown, right? So I had a job, and uh, and, and and like at the time, I didn't think it was weird, you know. I mean, I, I, I you know, I had, I had a like an office. I had one. The house had a bunch of bedrooms. Actually, I had like four or five bedrooms. It's so had like one small bedroom. And I had a desk. I had a desk in there and a TV. And that actually was like kind of honestly, kind of what you got going on right there. You know what I mean? As you're mm-hmm. getting your big house ready, small little room, everything I wanted. And that's just kind of where I hung mm-hmm. out. But me and my wife mm-hmm. didn't interact too much. But anyway, that was my home life. You know. That was that was what I did. I I just kind of existed in this space. Everybody, everybody, you know, I was married, but I it was just everybody. Everybody knew I was married, but it was just like away from. It wasn't like your typical marriage, like I have with my wife now. Now where we come home, right. it's like, hey, you want to go to dinner? We go out. We come go hang out with you and Elzeth. We freaking go to the go to the river. We go see a movie. It was just like she occupied her little space. I occupied my little space, right. and that was that. You know, so and and but it, but it was probably the most normal time I ever had, like in the Coast Guard, because, you know, Coast Guard, what I mean by that is the job I had was like a nine to five. It was, you know, mm. which every other job I ever had, you know, had other, some, some, some sort of Coast Guard component, but not really that job. Yes, but yes. anyway, but I'm going to stop there because, because we'll come back around to my, my, uh, my job in a bit. But, uh, but what was going on with you at the time? What, where did you go? Well, I, um, I married my second wife while I was still in Key West, and then we got transferred to Fresno, California right. as a recruiter. Um, I was curious about recruiting, and I knew that as a cook, there was a lot of sea time, and that was kind of an easy way to avoid it if you could become a recruiter. So at some point, I drove up to Miami and did the interview, whatever. I, it was pretty easy, actually. Showed up laughed at the ladies' jokes and, you know, chewed with my mouth shut, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, just did whatever. And they said, yeah, so uh, I, I got up to Fresno, and uh, that was kind of a cool job. Like you, it was it was very much a nine-to-five. There was very little uh, – you didn't stand watch. You didn't get underway. There was, you know, there's there no logs to do or any of that stuff. So, um, again, I learned a lot of cool stuff there because I went through uh, – they put me through some Dale Carnegie sales training. Mm. Um, through a, a couple of variations on that, which was kind of cool, um, learning some of that sales stuff. Um, but yeah, I thought I was a pretty good recruiter. I was, um, I was, you know, we had our, we met our numbers every year and, um, we developed kind of a, I don't know, recruiters have this reputation for being sleazy, right? They lie and they'd say whatever mm-hmm. they need to say to get you in, in the, in the service. But I always looked at the retention rate because, if you get a guy in, that's one thing. But if he doesn't make it through boot camp, they take that number away from you. So it doesn't count. Wow. So, um, yeah, so you they have to make it through boot camp for your recruiting numbers to actually count. And so uh, I think there's some exceptions. You know, if they get injured or something, that's – but if they get thrown out because they're shitheads, that uh, lands on you. So, But anyway, so what we did is we developed, uh, we developed a system, and we just – we did a pre-qualification sheet. And so when you would call up uh, as a high schooler and say, hey, I'm interested in the Coast Guard, some pre-qualifying questions we would ask you. And then if you said, yeah, I'm a felon, we'd be like, well, sorry, dude, we can't take you. Call the Marines, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we go, we go through this thing. And what we did is over the course of about six months, we kept all of those. We tracked them. And then what we figured out is we had to get 80 people a year in the Coast Guard. And um, – so we were getting basically one qualified applicant out of every 10. So we thought, so all we got to do is talk to 800 people and we got it. We'll make our numbers and that shit work like a charm. So we just, we just paced ourselves and went to high school events and 
work the phones and all of that. And, and um, it was kind of fun, actually. It was pretty good. But we we tried real hard to be straight with kids. Um, I mean, I developed a, a little video that I would show them to give them at least some kind of exposure to what boot camp was really like. So you broke up a little bit. You broke of, up. You, you were trying to. You were just trying to get straight kids. That's totally messed up, bro. I was just <laughs> saying. Well, you were the exception, so you know. Ah, <laughs> nice. What's your pronouns, bro? Anyway, <laughs> but, whatever, uh, whatever they them. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, you want to get canceled right away? I, anyway, <laughs> all of, the last thing I was going to say was that I actually I pieced together a small, short little video of mm-hmm. of kind of what they could expect at boot camp because I wanted them to make it through. You know, if I went off right. the effort. Of because we had to handhold some of these kids, you know, and they go through MEPS and they take their test and they take their physical and all that. So um, I, I made this little video and it just clipped it together and I stole some scenes out of the Jack Webb movie, The DI, from uh-huh. back in the 60s, where he was like, You look, like, what do you say? You look like 50 pounds of bubble gum shoved in a 20 pound sack, mm-hmm. you know, just, you're gonna eat no rice, no beans, no da 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 da. Anyway. So I just was trying to expose them to a little bit of like, this is what's going to happen, man. They're going to come on the bus. They're going to yell at you. Just don't flinch. Just go through the thing. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, we, I was actually up for a recruiter for a recruiter of the year. My last year I was there. Wow. I didn't make it. Not some dude in uh, somewhere East coast beat me out, but whatever. Now you said you actually got, I remember one time you told me you traveled back to Cape May and you were, you saw everything from the other side. Didn't they do that for you? Yeah, it was a, I forgot what they called it, some kind of like indoctrination thing or something. Because they also, uh, when you're in recruiting, a lot of times, uh, if you're doing a good job, they'll uh, they'll let you slide over and become a company commander if you want. I had no interest in that, really, because it was freaking New Jersey. I don't want to live in New Jersey. Um, but, uh, yeah, we went back to for like watch a kid go through and, you know, refresh your memory and all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of cool. It was mm-hmm. It was only like four days or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was cool. How many years did you do it? Uh, I was in recruiting for about three and a half years or so, something like that. Yeah. And I actually wanted, I was still married to Natasha at the time, and I wanted to get stationed on my second recruiting tour. I wanted to get stationed in Dover, Delaware, because they had Mac flights that hopped between there and England all the time. And she was English. And so uh, I put in for it. And again, dude, I was I was up for recruiter of the year. And I thought, well, shit, man, I'm going to, you know, it's a shoe in. I don't care. I don't need to be like the recruiter in charge or whatever, just whatever. And, uh, yeah, they just, it got political. I think somebody else was in line for that job that the, that the people in recruiting wanted to have that job. Something, something didn't go right. Didn't, didn't sound right. So, um, I started pushing a little bit and, uh, then they started pushing back (laughs) and, you know, you can't fight uncle Sam. That's kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to lose that fight for sure. So I went to my, this is, it got ugly at the end of my recruiting tour. I went to my recruiter in charge. who was a chief. I didn't like him at all. We didn't, him and I didn't get along. Uh, but anyway, he wouldn't stick up for me. He wouldn't like say, yeah, you need to send this guy. So I got in the pissing match with the recruiting detail and I got a pissing match with him. So I get a phone call from the recruiting detail says, listen, because they wanted me to take his job. They wanted me to stay in Fresno and I did not want to stay in Fresno. It's like the crime capital of California. It was anyway. And um, so anyway, yeah, they uh, they said, okay, if you don't if you don't take this job, we're gonna put you back into your rate, and you know that means you're gonna go to C. And I said, I'm fine with me. So I happen to know the detailer, 
Um, so I called him up and I said, Hey man, these guys are screwing me. You know, they're, this is what they're doing to me. He goes, yeah, I've heard of this before. He said, where do you want to go? And I said, I don't know. He said, you know, you're up for sea duty, right? Cause you're coming out of recruiting. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Anyway. So he offered me the Eagle and, uh, and that's how I got on the Eagle. So I, I said, hell yeah, I'll take the Eagle in a heartbeat. Um, so that's how I ended up there. And you went there as a chief, right? I did. Yep. I was up for promotion when I was, that's why they wanted me to stay in Fresno because I was going to take over the chief's job there. Uh, I actually remember talking to you a little bit about a little bit during that time. And I don't think you told me that story, but I remember you being uh, a little bit like, uh, I don't know, a little bit cynical about the Coast Guard. I remember you being like. Well, yeah, because it was they they wouldn't tell me straight as the real problem. Like I can take it. Just I'm a grown up. Tell me. No, right. my cousin's going to get that job. I'm not giving it to you. Okay, well, shit, that's how the world works sometimes, right? But they were yeah. being all like oh, weird, you know. Well, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, even though it's jumping way ahead, like when I got out, when I left the Coast Guard, uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, like, I, and, and maybe we'll get to it during that time. Because I, because I, I was in 20 years or 21 years, 20 of it was great. The last year got fucking weird, man. You know, like kind of like exactly yeah. what you're saying. And uh, where, you know, uh, you know, cause I, because I, I ended up, you know, and at the end of this tour, uh, tour we're talking about now with PA school, but you know, so I was a PA, got my commission, seeing patients. I was working at a clinic. I, I got a job offer in the civilian world and I was like, okay, I want to, I want to get out. So I submitted my paperwork to, for, uh, for retirement and, you know, it got, you know, it freaking, they Cinderella Liberty me, Liberty me, you know what I mean? They were like, I don't know what happened mm-hmm. to that. That's so crazy. You know, I guess you can't mm-hmm. retire now. And I was like, what in the hell? And so, so, uh, you know, it's, you know, and that's what I really hate about the military anyway, is that, is that as long as you're, you're kind of moving in the direction that everybody needs you to move in or wants you to move in, everybody's pretty, you know, communication works pretty well. But as soon mm-hmm. as like you, you're like, okay, I need to go in a different direction they'll shut that shit down. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll shut yeah. it down. So where you're basically left in the dark. Yeah. That's kind of what happened to me, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I totally yeah. get it. You know? So I remember, yeah. So probably the Eagle would move on probably the next conversation, but so you, you mentioned you were still married to Natasha. Did you, did she move to Connecticut with you or, or did she already go back to England? Yeah, or? she did. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, I remember driving into Fresno. I can't remember. I, I came from Key West. So we came across, uh, probably across interstate 10 and then, up around uh, uh, L.A. and then over the Grapevine and Bakersfield and up 99, Highway 99 right. to Fresno. And uh, I remember <laughs> as we get, there's a sign, Welcome to Fresno. Fresno's a shithole, man. It's uh, You ever been there? No. It's a um, small town, California, uh, but it's in, the, it's in the Central Valley of California, which is okay. all produce, all agriculture. Right. So there's a lot of migrants that come there and pick produce and stuff, you know, so it's uh, it's economically downtrodden. Uh, it's very much a poor town or whatever. Our recruiting area was pretty much the whole Central Valley. Um, so we went from Bakersfield to Redding all the way up to Redding. But um, we we were driving into town and she was looking around and she literally started crying. She was like, well, where the hell did you bring me to? <laughs> I don't know what she was thinking beaches yeah. la california you know yeah yeah it's california but uh anyway it worked out good for her in the end because we ended up um renting a house that was actually a, a horse ranch and she was big into horses and stuff um so she got to train horses and all of that sort of stuff and uh you know when andrew was born there and 
uh, probably the first six months of his life, he was in a stroller out at the horse pasture, you know, so uh, that's. Yeah, I remember that about yeah, her now. Was, she was a big, she was a big horse freak. So yeah, uh, still is as far as I know. Yeah. But um, yeah. So, you know, for me, like, like I mentioned, I think the big thing with, with me after I left Key West, of course I was married now and I was, I was now obligated to be an adult and I didn't really want to be an adult, you know, like there was, mm. there was a lot of that going on. So I owned a house, had a mortgage and was paying bills, you know, and, and, uh, you know, you know, I started getting OCD to pay bills and all that kind of stuff. This is pre everything coming out of your bank account, writing checks, mm -hmm. you know, internet. Uh, I think the inter no, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking now it's funny because now, you know, you're putting, I put, things that happened in the Coast Guard in, in the context of, of life, right? So mm -hmm. I actually remember, like, again, I had this little little space in my house. And I, I don't want people to think that I'm so, was some sort of, like, hermit. I wasn't. I mean, that's where I lived. That's where I watched TV, go downstairs, make beans and rice, go back, eat, you know, and then go to work, you know? And uh, I just remember that was, like, you know, big into computers, big into computer games. Uh, and that was when, uh, when uh, uh, you know, the Internet started. I remember you know, AOL and Netflix, and, mm -hmm. or not Netflix, uh, Netscape and all that had first started coming Netscape, together. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Dial-up modems and the whole nine yards. But anyway, so I worked up at Yorktown. Yorktown is a beautiful base. Anybody listening right now, at least it was at the time, mm -hmm. it's actually on the battlefields of Yorktown. So you had to drive. So I was living in Newport News. And, and I really actually, it's weird. I would like to go back there and check it out because like, like if I had to give Newport News a, a, a letter grade for just pick a thing, like restaurants, you know, traffic, commutes, you know, environment, it would just be like B's. Everything would be a B. There was mm -hmm. nothing that was an A, very little that mm -hmm. was a C. Everything was just nice. It was just a nice, okay. weather was great, you know, that kind of stuff. The house I lived in, you know, it was always on, it was always in disrepair and about ready to fall apart, but whatever. And so I'd get up every morning and I had a Saturn <laughs> and I'd drive my ass yeah. up, up to the battlefield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took pretty good care of it. Took, go up to the battlefield, go to base. And uh, so things that happened there, like like uh, the individual I mentioned during the pre-Key West when I went to A school, the PA worked there, Andy Alobre, to this day, you know, he was the guy that I that uh, that I was like, I want to be like that guy, you know. And it's so weird because now because I work in PA education and now when I when I people apply, I'm always like, you know, I'm always hypercritical of like their letters and all this kind of shit. Why do you mm -hmm. want to be a PA, blah, blah, blah. Dude, it was just like, I want to be cool like that fucking guy. You know what I mean? That was it. Mm -hmm. That was the reason I wanted to be a PA. Oh, is it because you want to right. give back to society and you want to work with Mar the marginalized yeah, yeah, individuals? Yeah. Fuck no. I didn't take any of that stuff. I just wanted to make more money. <laughs> I want to be an officer. I want to be like him because he's cool. That was what I fucking wanted, okay? And when I wrote yeah, my well, letter. Simple spitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I wrote my letter, I was like, what am I going to fucking say? You know, I just wrote a bunch of garbage and I got to, and, and that's a whole other story, which we'll get to towards yeah. the end. But, uh, but, I, but, uh, you know, I had a, a couple of really good friends. Uh, <laughs> there's this one guy I worked there. God, I hope I'm friends with him on Facebook. I'd love for him to listen to this. His name's Dan. Dan, I'm going to forward this to you because I'm going to talk about you. That was a great guy. He was just a great guy. And uh, he ended up getting a raw deal by the Coast Guard, I think. And not to get, I'm not going to get into this personal shit, but he ended up getting uh, discharged. But, but funny fucking guy. One of the, one of my favorite stories is uh, if, uh, this is a clinic, right? We had a doctor. Dr. Uh, uh, Brussel and and Andy, right? And and uh, and so one time this patient came in, you know, and uh, and uh, he had chest pain, right? And so we're kind of freaking out a little bit. So you know, Dr. Brussel comes in and says, uh, uh, "Braswell, I can't remember something like that." Brussel, anyway, he says, uh, 
he says, oh, he goes, call 911. Uh, let's go and get the ambulance here. But while, while we're waiting for the ambulance to come, go ahead and get an EKG, start him on oxygen, you know, get his get his vitals. And so me and, and so me and Dan were back there. We're kind of like, oh, shit, you know. And so so I'm looking around for stuff. And Dan was like – and Dan was kind of a big guy. He's a bodybuilder, right? And so he was he was uh, trying to get some stuff from underneath the counter. And I was leaning over him, and I grabbed these, these two uh, – you know, uh, uh, you know, cabinets, and I pulled the cabinets open, and I was like, "Oh, fucking nope, nothing's in there." And uh, and I go to go over to get the EKG machine, and while Dan is down, he comes he comes up, you know, and like freaking just nails his fucking head on one of those open cabinets, man. Boom! I mean, like boom! And I mean, probably the person in the office on the other side of the wall was like, boom, boom, <laughs> you know. What I mean? <laughs> and so he's like, oh! And he grabs his head, and he and uh, he's like, oh! And, and so this guy is laying there, going like, I can't fucking breathe, I can't fucking breathe. <laughs> Dan is like dancing around back there in the urgent care, and he's like, oh! And uh, and. Uh, and I go, oh shit! And I go over and I go, Dad, Dad, are you okay? And he looks at me, and like this trickle of blood like runs down his face <laughs> and across his. And, he, and I go, are you okay? And he goes, I think my eyes are watery. <laughs> I was like, I was, that shit fucked him up. Anyway, uh, water and blood. <laughs> it's like shit. But his eyes were watery, but yeah, you're right. But it's mostly blood. So, uh, but Dan and I would hang out all the time. That that was like the person that you know we hung out with. We we play. You know, we we at the time we got big into like collectible card games. We were doing that, and collecting comics and mm. and whatnot. But mm. uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, so you know that was going on. It was like the very first place I ever got my like ass chewed by a chief. Uh, so uh, it yeah, was, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, I, was, I won't name names. As a matter of fact, the chief up there had passed, since passed away. Uh, you know, he, he and you know him. I communicated after the after I was stationary, and he was he was a fine individual. Matter of fact, what he chewed me out for, I probably had it coming. But kind of like we were saying yeah, before, probably it, it probably could have been like, hey, dude, don't fucking be an idiot. You know, don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And what it was, he was giving tours to some some muckety mucks, right? And I went up went up to him while he was giving a tour and asked him a question. I was like, hey, I got some books back here. What do you want me to do with them? And he, and, uh, and he pulled me aside later, and he basically just ripped me a new one. He's like, you know, when, I, when I'm with a you know an official party, don't be asking me questions. Just you know, you, mm. you dumb son of a bitch. And I was like, oh right, shit, right. and it pissed me off at the time. But maybe I probably had it. Well, that's the only way those guys knew how to do stuff, right? I mean, yeah, that was that's yeah. the generation. My father's yeah. like that. Same thing. Yeah, yeah he thinks I know. that's effective, and I'm like. Yeah, I'm yeah like, no. hey, well, it doesn't work hey, well for me. And you're right. Like now, I'm I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. But, but yeah. I never after that, I never respected the guy while I was while I was yeah. there. The whole yeah. rest of the time, Absolutely. I was like, he's he's a jerk. I don't I don't care. And his yeah. replacement, Woody, uh, him and I are still real good friends. I mean, we're, we're mm. I like to say we're good friends. We're Facebook friends, but we do communicate mm. with each other on Facebook. Uh, but the other chief up there, he was great. Uh, and uh, like we got, I got real big into like practical jokes while I was up there. Uh, and okay. uh, and they, they, these are like the practical jokes that you know, like like we're saying, <clears throat> they would escalate. You know, like like a, like a, like we had a a uh, uh, we had like a you know, uh, this, I got in this habit of like taking people's things. In like let's say for example, they had like hand lotion, and I would take their hand lotion and dump out all the hand lotion. And then fill the bottle with mustard. You know what I mean? So just, just so I could, you oh, know, juvenile. <laughs> it is. It is. And there was like one guy, and so that was just my thing. And uh, or uh, there's like this one guy, and he was like this this arrogant. Uh, he, you know, he just thought he was. You know, he and he 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 used to he used to play college football. He's a corpsman. He's like he's like nobody has the guts to play a joke on me. And so what I did was, uh, you know, I went to like Costco and I got like one of those like dog food size bags of M&Ms, you know, 
and uh, and I took that thing and I and he he was working in an office like they were doing physicals, and so what I did was uh, I I I put it on top of a piece of po- well first I put it on po- top of a piece of poster board and I just cut it so where the bottom there was no bottom in it you know and so I laid it on his mm-hmm. like you know and so he and put a big bow on it like it was a gift and I slid the cardboard out and so uh, so then when uh, uh, we came in he picked it up and like Eminem's just fucking went everywhere and I just thought that was funny as hell but that was a big thing you know replacing things nice. when things fall out yes it was like the, the and also I would uh, <laughs> so it's it, now that I'm thinking about it, some of this shit was pretty funny I took I would take like the very large uh, large uh, medicine bottles the ones that have like you can mm-hmm. hold like a million pills and Sean mm-hmm. Sean if you're listening uh, I think one time I uh, I took took one of those very large bottles and I just cut the bottom out of it so there was nothing in it you know and Sean worked in the pharmacy and I like filled it with Tylenol and then again just put it down and slid you know slid the bottom out just put it mm-hmm. right there mm-hmm. in the pharmacy window so sooner or later you'd come and pick it up and so yeah hey man I, there was yeah. a there's a theme so- here yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It's like uh, you watched too much uh, Mr. Green Jeans when you were little. Yeah. <laughs> well, the ping pong balls, you know. I, I talked about like how you you had the the uh, past history of uh, of the the kidnapping, and you had told me that story. Yeah, right. The teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I was up there, there was uh, Pam uh, was the lab tech, and uh, and she had this little goofy on top of her computer, right? And so Ron Petty, if you're listening. Uh, he was like, I told him the story, and he's like, "Man, that's freaking great ass. That's a fucking funny man. Let's do that." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, that's funny." And the so kidnapping we kidnapping is on. So we kidnapped it, and you know, and, and there mm-hmm. I am sitting in my office at home with a bunch of magazines, cutting out letters. I I probably spent like, <laughs> like a good, you know, three or four hours, you know. If you want to see Goofy again, doing the ransom it. note, yeah, yeah. And we had we had a Polaroid in the clinic, and I, you know, it, one of one of the guys I work with had a, you know, no, actually I call I contacted the, the Leadec guys, and I was like, can I borrow a a fake gun and so i mm. had a little goofy with a with a blindfold on i held up a newspaper and held the, the nice. fake bread up to his head yeah took a picture left that and uh and she was kind of playing along everybody's kind of laughing about it but she was like i don't you know i don't give a shit right and right. Uh, and so so this goofy was actually a uh, but she didn't like, i don't give a crap and uh keep it <laughs> you know so yeah so, right. but, this, but this goofy was actually something that uh no what's not it wasn't goofy it was the dog my mickey's dog uh pluto uh pluto. yeah it's pluto yeah and so uh so uh but th- i guess mcdonald's or burger king or something like that actually had given those away with a, with mm. a happy meals or whatever or kids meals right and so ron's kid had one right and <laughs> um and so he took it and he freaking cut that thing up okay and then he like glued chunks of it to a piece of paper and then he like pricked his finger and wrote in blood on the paper like you're this is what happens when you don't so he basically like such <laughs> a terrible mother he took it to like the next level and uh and i was like son of a bitch and so he shows me and i'm going like ron man that's some fucked up shit he goes oh no man i want my freaking oatmeal pies i want my fresca and i'm thinking <laughs> fuck it dude so so, so, he, so he goes to push this on his desk and like pam is like i bought a three or three dollars and you shocked, take care okay? of it pam is like yeah yeah so so pam is like oh we're gonna get base base security involved in this one and uh and like before, and everybody, and again, kind of like your friend, like nobody fessed up, right? Nobody was like, and yeah, then yeah. When she was like, base security's getting involved. I went to my, yeah, I went to my locker, grabbed, do, grabbed Pluto out, and I was like, here's fucking Pluto back. <laughs> you know, I'm not the one who yeah. did the shit with the freaking finger stick. I'm we're not gonna good. say who, you know. And yeah, we're good, yeah, yeah. good. I don't want the oatmeal cookies. I don't care. 
you, you yeah. know, I don't even drink Fresca. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, <laughs> but that's how, how that went down. Yeah. That's but, pretty um, funny, man. Our ransom was like two bags, two bags of popcorn and two sodas or something or whatever. Yeah. Well, well, you told me that when you told me the story initially, and I actually ran my ransom. I used my ransom off what you had said. I thought oh, that's funny, you know. It's funny. Uh, Just make it like a yeah, yeah. some food shit, you know. And um, I'm stupid, yeah, yeah. And while I was there, like I did, like I said, I did a couple TADs, uh, and I talked about the shit water. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, uh, you know, I did the escape, and the escape was out of Charleston, and typical mm. Coast Guard bullshit, man. And and uh, yeah. I think I did two. I did two TADs. I did one on a two ten while I was down there. And, and but I want to say, it's funny because, you know, you mentioned you're doing your do it when you went to the Mallow. You know, I think I learned like bad habits, like where, you know, because my life wasn't great anyway. I should have just embraced every TAD and just stayed on the every TAD mm. as long as I could because because they were fun. You know, like the TADs were yeah. fun. Well, yeah. Yeah. Plus, you didn't have a whole bunch of skin in the game there. You know what no, I mean? No. But but yeah. the, I remember I remember the two ten. I think I did that first, and uh, yeah, the, the but but the 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 HS two that was on board, the two ten, like he he had some sort of marital thing, and they were like, hey, we need somebody pretty quick. This guy's about ready to smoke himself, and and uh, we need somebody down here so we can go home. It's like met him met him like in St. Pete or something, and I was only there for like mm -hmm. a couple of weeks, and he sorted his shit out, and then uh, and then the escape. Uh, the the story with the escape, it was out of Charleston, and uh, and we talked about this a little bit before, but. The escape, uh, uh, they were going to decommission it, right? Because this thing would look like, mm. honest to God, bro. If you look a rust like, bucket, man. It was. If you look at like a, a old cartoon of a, a po old Popeye cartoon, and they show a ship. That shit looked like a Popeye <laughs> boat, man, from like 1932. It was a, it was a seagoing tug. It was a freaking pig. Uh, it, it, you know, I think it, it had a, it had a uncurable list you know what i think just kind of set yeah. like like 10, 15 degrees and so they're so they going to razor blade that thing and uh yeah. and i don't know what happened politics they're kind of like hey uh let's we're gonna do one more patrol let's do one more patrol okay and uh but the thing is is that the next the next uh thing on their schedule wasn't a patrol Okay, it was rough tray. Okay, oh, the next shit. thing was rough tray. Okay, and they couldn't get out of it. Okay, so if they were going to do one more patrol, they had to go through rough tray. And, and if anybody doesn't know, rough tray stands for refresher training. And what they do is they just put the boat through all kinds of shit to see if the crew is ready to be underway. And and yeah, the Navy they, they let the Navy the Navy yeah they let the Navy do the training stuff. So. Yeah, they let the Navy beat the shit out of us for freaking for like for like a two months or whatever. And uh, and like we were Doug and I talked about this before. On the West Coast, it's in San Diego. On the East Coast, that mm. shit is in freaking Getmo. Okay, so mm -hmm. Getmo is like you know is like the asshole of the Caribbean. It just there's nothing there. Okay, and nothing so, nice about it either. Yeah, and we're talking pre nine eleven, so it's really just a freaking. You know, nobody wants to go to. I mean, there's nothing to do there. There's nothing to do there except mm, maybe mm. drink and and, and snorkel. And Fight, um, yeah. yeah, and yeah. so uh, so the boat goes down there. You know, so I meet the boat. I meet the boat in Charleston. They give me a and the the boat had had started decommissioning. So they had basically taken everything off that fucking boat. Right? There's mm. nothing on that boat. No medical supplies. Nothing. Okay. So but they're like, so I, I had to do everything in my, so I didn't know I wasn't an independent dude, Corman, but I basically had to figure mm. that shit out, how to get everything on the boat. So I, you know, I had, I had a HS and I had a, a seaman working for me and we, we got enough on the boat to get it underway. And then we got to ref tray 
and then we uh and then we uh you know i i had to still do stuff i had to get like like uh the 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 gun bags throughout the ship i had to get those i had to get the four mm-hmm. and a half medical lockers all stocked I, and they, they gave us like two weeks in Guantanamo bay and i kind of joked around about the, the fact that i was probably 28 at the time but my 22 year old uh H our seaman that was working with me was like, Hey, what's up, old man? Do you like this music? How do you feel about yeah. like like Hootie and the yeah, Blowfish? Yeah. Are you hip to, to Hootie? Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah. Who's Hootie? But uh, at the time, yeah. Hootie was big in Charleston. Anyway, yeah. so uh, so did that rough trade, did a rough trade. That was crazy. It was freaking crazy. Uh, and then um, and then we did a patrol, man. But that was the the one where the well, we're underway, the sewage system broke down. It was funny, there was these uh, there was these three DCs on board, and uh, and they had to like climb down and i mean it, they, they talk about dcs having to do like mm-hmm. some of the worst jo- stuff in the coast guard mm-hmm. because they have to climb down in the te- in the sewage tanks right yeah, yeah so dc stands for damage controlman so their right. their main job in the coast guard was to 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 uh, maintain all of the the systems on the ship like the firefighting system and Good. the sewage system and not electrical they didn't mess with electrical stuff but um, and then if the ship takes damage, there's specialists in things like welding and patching and mm-hmm. on plumbing and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we called them turd chasers because yeah, they were the ones who had to go yeah, clean the so, sewage when it went wrong, and that went wrong a lot. There's so there's three DCs on this boat, and two of them were two of them were black, and one of them was white, right? And uh, the white guy was like crazy, like he didn't like we didn't want to do shit. That guy, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, so uh, so you know, I think they're like like for watch this this guy was like a dc3 and he was like an oiler so he just basically like sat oh. there and like put oil on stuff that it needed it right. and and so the 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 sewage system broke and uh and uh uh and so and it, and, and it honestly got i felt like it broke for like two weeks but it's probably just for a few days <laughs> but they were like so we were like having to like shit off the side of the boat that's like what it was it could nice. actually yeah thank you popeye anyway but yes. so these guys were taking so so when they weren't on watch they were down in that freaking tank right and so this uh this one guy this one these one black guy because he was black because he was he, when he told the story man he was like he was like laying it on right he was like and let's say the other guy's name was like brad he was like uh so I went to go relieve Brad on on, on watch, and you know, because I, I come up out of the tank, I go to, I go get cleaned up. I go down and I say, Brad, you know, I'm here to relieve you. He goes, No, I'm good. I'll stay on watch. I was like, Get your fucking ass! <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, Get your fucking ass in that tank, Brad. Get your ass in that tank. And I was just like, I was just like, Oh God! Uh, you know, he's like, Get down here, fix it, Brad. And I was like, yeah, I was like, and Brad's like, like, no, I'm good. Dude, I'm, yeah, no, I Brad, I'm really, no, I'm good. I can stay on watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, but when that guy was telling the story, man, it's like, Brad, get your ass in that uh, tank, Brad. So, uh, anyway, that's funny. Yeah, fucking finished rough tray. And, and like I said, that was when I worked mostly on, uh, you know, I remember I, I had to research EMT, which is kind of cool because I went to, uh, uh, um, what was it? Uh, the place where the Hindenburg wrecked. That was another place I went. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, uh, Lake Lake uh, Lake is up Lakehurst, I think it is up in Jersey. That was crazy, mm-hmm. big Navy base, but mm-hmm. you know, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of evidence of where they left. They kind of kept it like the the field where the Hindenburg crashed and burned. Is still right. like yeah, but anyway, so I did Didn't all my comp- yeah yeah yeah. So uh, so uh, I did all my uh, classes for for uh, PA and then 
you know, the stars fucking lined up for me, man. I mean, like, mm. like I did all the prerequisites, uh, and, and Andy had actually left. He had, he had, he had retired. He retired early at 15. They get let him out early. He, I mean, there was a early wow. retirement. He was like, I'm out, which at the time I thought, well, 15 years is a long time, but it's not. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and yeah. interestingly, I don't think at the time I, I can, I really kind of considered him like a mentor, but I don't think we're that far apart in age, to be honest with you. But, mm. uh, but uh, anyway, he was replaced by Larry Washburn, and occasionally there was Otilio Ramos, which is another PA that came up there every now and again from, from uh, uh, the the Atlantic, the Atlantic office, uh, whatever you call it, MLC Lant, and uh, mm. and he, and they were they were like they took the mentor place, and and what had happened was with the PA with the PA program because I went to PA school in San Antonio where I am now, uh, is a. Uh, is they would usually accept packets every year, uh, like I think like in October, right? And mm-hmm. for some reason, just like typical, you know, Coast Guard, you know, bullshit, right? They were like, uh, this year we're going to take packets in May, and and all my shit was done. But they they sent this message out like in like March, right? So, so I remember, uh, and I was never dialed into the message traffic like a lot of people were. Oh, I, remember, yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember Larry coming to me and saying, "Hey, bro, man, they're accepting the app. They're accepting uh, applicants for this the program, you know, in, in San Antonio." And he, and he goes, and he's like, "Do you have everything?" And I was like, "Yeah, I got all my classes, but you know, I haven't done this and that." And I, and I mean, I had a re- and I don't, I don't even say it was March. It was like the packets were like May 9th, and and it was like April fifteenth. I had like three weeks. And I was like, I don't have, I don't have anything ready. And I remember, I remember he was like, if you don't, if you don't apply, you're a fucking idiot, man. You're an idiot. Mm. Okay. I mean, you, they move the date. You need to apply, right? You need to apply. Okay. But he literally was like, I'll lose all respect for you if you don't apply. I, I, that's insane. Okay. You know, all if right. you've got the hardest part is the classes, just freaking get somebody to take pictures of you and your bravos and and all that shit and just right, go get your right? letter recommendation just get, get, get your letters and shit and so i did all that and, and i remember andy was even like was like you know before he left he was like dude you know you you've got what it takes you need to freaking you need to uh pursue this right mm-hmm. so over like a three-week period man this became like a mad you know like this mad rush to get shit together and oh tilio also had a packet and i just basically used his packet i just you know i said mm-hmm. okay page one this is what he did i just yeah, you know, sure. So copy, 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 yeah. paste, right? You know, before there was copy <clears> paste, <throat> and uh, and I wrote the letter. I had the, oh, and also <laughs> one of my favorite stories. And I, I know I'm just I'm just blathering here, but it's interesting uh, to me. It is to everybody else. They're like, who gives a fuck? But interesting yeah. to me. Okay, I know. Right, very <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just basically just be me talking. Like I'll just you know, yeah. anyway, full screen. Like, no, no. So uh, I didn't take the fucking SAT. I took the SAT. I didn't oh, take shit. it right. And I, dude, I I never took the SAT. I was a funky in high school right yeah yeah same here. and i tell i still i still to this day tell the story to, to my students right uh because i did all this stuff i got all the i tell my I, my gpa was a 4.0 by the way but i went to community college right. which was like they just check a block right so a 4.0 right, right. gpa uh so i go to take the sat i was like damn man i don't freaking i don't know what i'm gonna do here uh english has never verbal has never been a problem for me you know right. i don't think but but math has always been a bit of a bitch so i go to like gamestop and i go to the little section scott not games, okay? And, right, and they right. got little, little, like five things with SAT stuff. And I grabbed like the Kaplan's SAT, right? And so I mm-hmm. go home and it's super dense, right? I'm thinking, huh, you know? And so I, I do that for a little bit on the CD-ROM and I'm thinking, damn, this is really involved. And so I basically, you know, get back in my, my Saturn, drive over to the Newport News Mall, <laughs> go into GameStop, 
go back there. And I see uh, Henrietta Hippo teaches the SAT. I was like, that's fucking me, bro. So I grab that there thing. You go. I go. And it's, and it's, it's like, you know, there's a, there's all these like, you know, like uh, anthropomorphic animals going like, Hey, you taking the SAT? Let me give you some guidance on this. Right. You know, and it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Morgan morale. Let me teach you how to do yeah. this. And I was like, okay, my freaking, this is my shit. Right? I'm in. Yeah, I'm yeah, in. Yeah. I'm in, bro. I get it. So, uh, so, so Morgan morale, Teacher says there's six things or six, six. See how bad I'm at math. Six things yes. that you need to know to really destroy to, to do well in the math. Watch that stuff. A couple of days later, I take the SAT. You know him and whatever, and I end up getting like a like a thirteen eighty or something like that. I do really well. Thank you, Mortimer Al. Right. right. So right. submit the rest of the packet. Okay, jump way forward here. I go to PA school and uh, and I go to my first. Uh, my first conference as a PA, right? And at the conference is Mike Gossman. Now, Mike Gossman, retired captain, Coast Guard. He was like the PA of the Coast Guard, right? He was the man, okay? And very um. intimidating guy, okay? And so... Uh, so I'm and so I'm sitting there. And he's one of these guys that, like, back when I was in school, I'd say, like, uh, you know, oh, you know, Captain Gossman. And he's like, you fucking right, Captain Gossman. I'll freaking tear your head off, right? That's how he was, right? But once I'm mm -hmm. now a PA, he's like, call me Mike, bro. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to call you Mike, Captain. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so we're so we go out and we we go to like a subway for lunch while I'm at this conference, and I'm thinking, you know, uh, you know, Captain, I'm just I'm just curious, uh, you know, all the people that submitted applications, why me? Why me? Why did you take me? And I'm really huh. waiting for him to like, you know, just lean back in his chair and start waxing poetic about how awesome my my letters were uh -huh. or how like, you know, something in the and the the picture that I sent, it reminded me of uh -huh. like his first uh -huh. son or some horse shit or uh. I don't know, somehow, you know, just through my grades, my I, I yes. managed to your romantic vision of the world yes. yeah i'm just like oh my gosh you know i just knew that you uh something you know i don't know i was really waiting for that shit right but but like through a bite of freaking you know turkey you know he goes he doesn't even freaking stop chewing he goes your sat scores <laughs> so i got into pa school and i'm being very serious here <laughs> thanks to henrietta hippo henrietta hippo and mortimer owl got my shit nice. into pa school boom and i will tell you right yeah. now uh, as i get as an individual who's driven by data the math does show high SAT yeah. scores are a predictor of success in PA education, at least back then. Now, now they don't use go. SATs anymore, but back then they did. Boom. There you go. So yeah. got, got, uh, it got, uh, got my, uh, Hey, you're in, I applied, got in. And, uh, it was funny. Cause there was like about a four or five month period before I, before I left. And, uh, mm. I remember like, God, a lot of people had applied and, uh, and I got all kinds of, uh, a call from people that were like, how did you freaking pull that shit off, man? I was like, I don't know, man. But, but in hindsight, in retrospect, I can tell you right now, anybody's listening to this. Hey, Hey Coco, what are you doing? Uh-huh. It's dinner time. Can you tell? Yeah, yeah no doubt. Anybody who, uh, who's ever trying to get into to any kind of program, GPA or any kind of, any kind of, uh, standardized test is usually a big deal. So off to PA right. school I went. I stayed married. I can't even really remember. I was a geo bachelor in San Antonio after I left. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I'm not bothered on there for a bit. But but yeah, the whole my whole experience at at uh at Yorktown was I mean, made a lot of good friends. <laughs> I did learn there like there was I learned one of my strategies like when I get into a uh like if I have if I have a, somebody that bugs me like really mm -hmm. upsets me or somebody that I think is just being a bully. My, I learned that, uh, you know, they always say stand at the bullies. My advice to anybody that's needs, that, that has a bully, 
find something that really annoys them about themselves and just start touching that shit. Just start touching mm-hmm. that. Because there was like, okay, so there was one guy there. He was he was such a jerk. But uh, <laughs> this is probably going to get me. If anyone's going to get me canceled, this will. But uh, he, uh, when he was a kid, he accidentally lit himself on fire. Okay. And so, and so like, yeah, I like it already. I know. So like, uh, like, like, so yeah, uh, scars, he had some scars on it, but he was a bully. Okay. So let me be clear. Okay. This guy was begging for it. Okay. So, uh, so, uh, <laughs> so, you know, and he, and he was, and, uh, uh, so he had these, he had these scars like on, on like a, a large portion of his body. And like every now and again, like when he would be bullying me, I'd be like, uh, I'd be like, Hey, guess who I am? <laughs> put, me out, put me out i'm like john man i'm just gonna tell you stop dropping rolls of thing so i do shit like that <laughs> like I uh-huh. just, so because i knew that just got him fired up no pun intended uh-huh. but uh but yeah that's but i that's something i still do to this day like if, if somebody's like if somebody's a bully i look for their look their for the weak spot, spot. <laughs> their weak spot i freaking exploit the shit out of it so there nice. you go little uh, so so what did we learn in today's episode doug uh, oh Henry, geez yeah, Henrietta. Okay, for one, Fresno blows, right? And Fresno sucks. Yeah, Fresno sucks. Don't punch your captain. Don't. Yeah, don't get in a fight with your captain. Don't get in a fight with your captain. Uh, don't take practical jokes too far. Mm-hmm. Or too Henrietta, seriously. A Mortimer Isle, Henrietta Hippo. Good for the SAT. And yeah. find a weak point and exploit it. That's it. It's all you need to know in life. The Coast Guard. Coast Guard in a nutshell. So. That's it. Yeah. Anything? So, any other thoughts? I know you got to feed your dog. So, as you see up there, who's that? What you got with you, Doug? It's loose. That's Lucy. Anybody that was on the podcast and were like, "What's that grunting?" All of that. Not a pig. A chihuahua. Mm -hmm. What a baby girl. Is that a baby girl? She's so sweet. So. Yeah, the other two are fighting back here behind me. So, Doug's now got three dogs. Three dogs and two cats. Three dogs, two cats, and a bird. It's too much, man. Yeah, it is. Ah, you got you, you're, you're, you're whatever. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Life All right, well, I think life. we'll end it there, bro. So okay, uh, well, more Coast Guard regalia. Yeah, I think next time we, you know, uh, where did you go from recruiting? Oh, the Eagle. Eagle. Oh, next Coast Guard. That's some story. good Eagle stories. That's yeah, actually that's okay. Some... So, so these two stories have been kind of like maybe not quite. They were a little bit tangential. Uh-huh. The Coast Guard, because they were very, very like not underway, not small boat, mm-hmm. not law enforcement. We weren't dropping buoys mm-hmm. in the water. Uh, we mm-hmm. weren't having sex with farm animals. Right, right. But just but, hearing about it. Yeah, but next we'll get back. My, I don't ever really. Well, no, that's not true. I do actually get back into the Coast Guard, uh, uh, but not till the very last. Seattle, story. right? I did. Also got underway again, so which is a great story. But, but I got some good stories from the Eagle to tell you. Just yeah. remind me to tell you about my my chief's initiation. Oh, I you know I was actually going to ask about that because I know that's a thing, yeah. but not today. It's a thing not today. Yeah, it is a thing. Yeah, so. we'll do it next time. Yeah. Yes, I like that. All right, everybody. Well, thank you again for listening. And uh, uh, yeah, I know Coast Guard stories. Uh, next time around, hey, do me a favor. For one, like, share, subscribe. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put mm-hmm. an outro on this one. Like, share, subscribe. Send me emails. And uh, right. and uh, if you want to be on the show, especially if you're a coasty. Go ahead and email me. I, there's some people out there that I know have talked to me. I'm probably going to reach out to you, and maybe we, we can uh, have you on here to, to tell us about your experiences. But otherwise, uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll talk again soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. See you. Later.